your salvation. Find me that girl. You will do anything to get that information. His name is the Doctor. Doctor what? Then I know you. Help me. everyone this is discussing who i am kyle jones and on tonight's episode we are going to be reviewing talking about i'm not sure if it's reviewing talking about or what it is because it is one of the most decisive recent doctor who stories love and monsters and actually looking forward to talking about it with these two gentlemen who i'm about to introduce so first up mr clarence brown clarence how are you I'm doing well, man. Now, did you say de- divisive or decisive? I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be is, both? Is it I think you said decisive, but did, surely you mean divisive. Ah, uh, okay. uh, maybe divisive. I also. Yeah, that. exactly. Maybe well, I, didn't, well, I didn't know it was such. So uh, I'm interested in hearing you guys' thoughts on episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see how decisive or whatever <laughs> I am about it. Yeah. What a, right. <laughs> All right, so we have, but welcome back, Clarence. Always a pleasure to have you on. Yes, good to be here. Uh, I am waiting to watch the new Venom trailer, which I have failed to watch today, but I'm gonna get on that as soon as this podcast is over. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, so I'm, I'm, you know, maybe that's something we can, you know, like put our brains together and whatever and watch. But yes, I've actually heard that it's good, even though I've not seen it. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, that's just hearing. I don't know. So, but here's one thing I do know. Welcome back. Yes, glad to be here. Cobains and Lee Shackelford. How are you? I am well, sir. I'm well. Well, so what's been going on with you recently? Any uh, thing exciting? Not really. Um, I've, I've uh, I, I came through a play festival uh, here in my uh, hometown, and um, it's good to be on the other side of that. It was great fun, big success, and uh, but. Um, yeah. So then it's just kind of back to work, you know. <laughs> this is like you I think you said uh, last week, work and who. Yeah. This these are our lives, just work and who. And so are the days of our lives. Yeah. Oh, you, I, I I shouldn't let this pass up though because, you know, I as much as I love Doctor Who and it's not blasphemy to say this on a uh, just podcast about Doctor Who, but the original Star Trek series has a place in my life and my heart that nothing else can dislodge. And Sunday night, my wife and I got to be in the presence of William Shatner. What? Oh, cool. <laughs> Mad cow. And, wow. uh, exactly. Um, wow. Um, not because, um, we were at Raleigh Supercon, uh, where a lot of my other friends around here saw him, but, um, in uh, Charlotte Sunday night, they did a screening of Wrath of Khan, which I don't think I've seen on the big screen with a big sound system since the early eighties. I, uh, anyway, if you've never seen that on a big screen, you have not seen Rathacon. I, I'm telling you, it is a completely different, you know, anyway. Well, and then he came out and did a kind of a, a talk back after the film. Wow. Which was wow. Uh, amazeballs. So, yeah. So, so, so was that moment when he yells out Khan even more intense than surround sound theater? It's 
it's not as exaggerated. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've made it into a joke by imitating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But really, I don't know if it's something that happens when you reduce all of the different levels of sound for a small screen. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny how a lot of the big close-ups that Nicholas Meyer does in this, you'd think that they wouldn't work as well on a big screen. But he, he knew what he was doing. They work better on a big screen. But wow. But, man, that's that – uh, all of the, the the spaceship, just the just the space battle stuff, with the you know wh- where you can only see the silhouettes of the ships and just their running lights and things like that. It's so beautiful. I'd really forgotten when you see it in all its majesty. Just what a gorgeous, gorgeous picture that is. So anyway, so next week on discussing Drek. <laughs> I'm sorry. Indeed. So I want to give a, you know, shout to William Shatner and, and again, not blasphemy in any shape, form or fashion to either Doctor Who audience or to Star Trek audiences. But, you know, it was not until Clarence said, let's review the cage that I actually sat down and paid attention, attention to a real Star Trek original episode. So my fandom of William Shatner literally didn't begin until, you know, Boston Legal with Denny Crane, which hence yeah. the Mad Cow comment. Exactly. And, you know, that that is just, yeah, Denny Crane. So that is just a testament of this man's illustrious career that that spanned decades, that you've had one character from such a different genre and me mm-hmm. connecting to a completely different character that he did from a completely <laughs> different. different genre. Very different. Yeah. So, so kudos yeah. to him. Exactly. I, he's 82 and he was out there kicking it. It's, you know, no, he's 87, 87. Ah, Have yes. I got the math wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I just wicked it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did because I, I keep going around talking about him being 82. Yeah. He's, he's up there and still kicking. Wow. Well, and he's yeah, born four days apart from Leonard. So, Hmm. Yeah, he is almost ninety years old. Yeah. Okay, wow. <laughs> My mom's wow. eighty-two. I'm sure that's. I was thinking of her instead. <laughs> well, kudos to him. And yeah, and and, and even and, more. And and in and in the words of his friend Leonard Nimoy, a la Spock, we hope he lives long and prospers. So Indeed. there you go. So a couple of news things before we get into love and monsters. Uh, Clarence, I think you will really appreciate this one. Uh, from our friends at blockterwho.com, I saw earlier today that Victoria season or series three will come to Masterpiece on PBS the 13th of January, 2019. So a little bit further, you know, to go, but more Jenna Coleman, Victoria. So I thought you would appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't get here soon enough. Uh, that's what I figured you'd say. But Gloriana. So here's <laughs> so- something that the three of us will agree on that I'm sure of is congratulating our friends Dave Cooper, Ian Bissett, and all of the Cultdom Collective on their recent nine-year anniversary of Cultdom. So congratulations. Wow. Awesome, and I think, I think uh, Dave, like William Shatner, is also 87 years old. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> No, he's not. No, oh. no that's a joke. But, but, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, what's funny yes. is I'm hearing Ian Bissett somewhere in the background saying, oh, not 87 years old. He's 870 years old. Right. 
he is not no he's he's nowhere close oh god no i think he's just you know a a uh very young eight thousand seven hundred and ninety two so there you go so congratulations nonetheless and many 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 more what are we going to talk about when our, on our nine-year anniversary show, do you suppose? I don't know. Maybe the 18th Doctor, perhaps? Well, the, yeah, the 15th, sure. Maybe. Who knows? But I do so, know what we're going to talk about today, unless you guys have something else in the news. Yeah, I just want to bring up another piece of uh, sci-fi-related news. They, we have, they have made the announcement that both Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher will appear in Episode 9, which they've said they're going to use uh, footage from the last two movies that weren't actually cut for the films to kind of bring her back. So that should be interesting. And I guess, you know, of course, if you watched episode eight, yeah, the thing that happened to Mark. Spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it it was was last Christmas. Come on, guys. They don't know what to do. (laughs) But yeah, um, he will be in that, in the latest film as well. So, you know, have a few of the old faithfuls returning as well as Billy D. Williams coming on. So if you're a yeah. Star Wars fan, uh, a lot of goodness to be had. It's fascinating too, because one of the characters is dead and the other one is not. And one of the actors is dead and the other is not. And it's not the ones <laughs> that yeah. would make that convenient. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but we've seen, um, um, Star Wars characters who are supposed to be dead. We've seen them. Yeah. Turn up again later in the story. Yeah, Grand Marf Tarkin. Yeah. And um, certainly uh, Ben Kenobi and Yoda many times. Yes. So, So, uh, you know, my comment on that is A, Princess Leia, B, Kyle Happy, C, her daughter gave permission for whatever it is that we're going to see. So if her daughter is happy, she, above any of us as fans, has the ultimate say so so if she's happy then with whatever is on the screen you know let fandom rejoice let fandom reject her daughter is happy and i think the buck stops there yeah and she's in it too and she's in it too and she She even has the um as i used to call them the um not onion rings that's not what they are they're uh cinnamon vines yes even in the she's got the cinnamon vines that's great so Without any further ado, gentlemen, shall we get into Love and Monsters? Well, I guess one other little thing this week is that because uh, uh, this is like a con season, there are all these big cons late in the summer. And at the, um, the what's it called, London Film and Comic-Con, oh, that, yeah. was, that was the event that we'd been just talking about yeah. weeks and months ago because of all because of all people to make a, a, a Doctor Who related appearance, Christopher Eccleston was there. Yeah, um, which means you know um, hashtag Never Say Never. <laughs> and the the picture that has rocked the internet is a picture of him warmly greeting Matt Smith, um, which seems like there should be some kind of a sparks or something when they when they touch. Yeah. But uh, um, <laughs> David Tennant should come running up and say, "Don't touch him." <laughs> but. But it was just uh, I, I I I like I told both of you guys uh, uh, on chat the other day. I, I just thought uh, it's just good to see a photograph of Christopher Eccleston looking happy. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I haven't heard anything else about the appearance. But I I I, uh, I hope he enjoyed it, and I hope everybody uh, who was there with him uh, had a good time with him too. And you know, maybe that will open him up to be more open to doing more Doctor Who stuff. 
that's one of the reasons why I hope that. But yeah. yeah. Well, you know, another since we're talking cons, uh, another picture I saw, and I believe the same event was a picture of Peter Capaldi and Colin Baker together, which was really <laughs> cool to see. And interestingly enough, I read an article, and I don't have reference of the article in front of me because I didn't think I was going to mention it. But since we mentioned, or I mentioned that, I will mention this. I read an article that compared the era of the 12th Doctor to the era of the 6th Doctor. And the comparison more so was how they had similar attributes of how the character changed throughout the course of this the story and it was really really eye-opening to see how much the sixth doctor did really parallel to capaldi which i like i said found very interesting that is fascinating indeed very fascinating especially since you know i would have loved to have seen what mike could have been had you know, Colin Baker received a third season or a fourth season, you know, been on and allowed to grow the character more. Sure. So, all right. So guys, you know, it's funny because in all the episodes that we've done, I've never known us to keep coming up with news items <laughs> to avoid. Oh, we're just delaying the inevitable. <laughs> yes. So shall we, shall we persevere on? Dive in. All right. So for anyone who has, Yet to see Love and Monsters. If you've not seen it, well, it really doesn't matter. We're going to say spoilers anyway, but it is Love and Monsters, so we'll just keep going. But because I love River Song, from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, gentlemen, June 17th. 2006, the 10th episode of the 2006 series of Doctor Who aired, starring David Tennant and Billy Piper, even though they kind of wasn't even in it almost until the very end. Love and Monsters. Guys, initial impressions. So, Lee, first up, what say ye? Well, I do remember seeing this when it first aired, and sort of as we got to the... the um the the end credits just sitting there on my sofa saying what the hell (laughs) and the episode has entered into the you know the lore of doctor who fandom because we we were we were we were uh, kidding earlier about whether or not it's a divisive episode it's not divisive at all everybody hates this episode Uh, it's something that we can all agree on and but doggone it i watched it last night and i had an absolute ball I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I think, I don't know, does it have to sit with you for a while or, or do you have to get through many, many other years of the doctor to sort of look back at this one and, and appreciate what's good about it? Um, but I, I have lots more to say about that. But yeah, maybe the surprise for some of our listeners, I really like Love and Monsters. Okay. I'm curious now to hear, cause, cause I have thoughts, but I yeah. want to hear what Clarence thinks first. I think we're bucking the trend here because I loved it as well. Um, I thought it was a really good episode. It kind of reminded me of that one Riker episode in TNG where he like gets <laughs> hit by the plant and he's like unconscious and having flashbacks. So episode, that's, that's what I thought it was going to be like a flashback episode at first. Yeah. Well, that's but, right. it, but, but it kind of transitioned into its own thing. You know, we had a love story and, you know, as the title implies, monsters. Um, I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed it. I thought this character of of Elton was was really cool and easy to latch on to. I I don't know. I thought it was a, a decent episode. Not you know not to have David Tennant for the majority of it or Billy Piper. I thought it you know was decent, pretty good. All right, so I got a, a quick question only because you made a reference to Star Trek. What was the What was the episode? Do you remember the episode you were talking about? I don't know the name of it. Uh, it's like at the either. end of season two. Yeah, it's like it's, the last episode. It's their infamous clip episode, you know, yep. which is something that all showrunners swear they'll never do. And yeah, <laughs> the TNG ran out of material and they, they had to do a clip show. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. The, the, here's why I asked that question because there was an episode called the lower decks that was actually referenced in Wikipedia from Star Trek, the next generation as a similar type story, but it was in the seventh season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know lower decks. Yeah. That's, that's not, not it at all. All right. So here's my thought, even though I was making fun of the episode before we started, I went into this absolutely planning to, ridicule and make fun of and laugh at this entire episode. I did have things I did not like. Don't get me wrong. And I, and like Lee said a minute ago, we will talk about those, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I really freaking enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't get bored. I watched it again. I, there are some things I'm going to make fun of, but I enjoyed the episode and Lee, you said a comment just a moment ago that maybe we needed to watch more Doctor Who to appreciate it. And I'm going to take it a Mm. different direction. You've, you and I think Clarence both have made reference to needing more years under our belt, not watching Doctor Who, but as life experience. And maybe Mm. we related differently from having more life experience. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think that's that's a viable theory too. Yeah. It, you know, to, to me, it also seems like it, the fact that we're living in this Who universe here, but you know, we're not really engaged with the main characters. That's somewhat appealing to see what else is going on in in in, in London at the time in the world of Who. So I, I think I think that point of view is what I kind of liked about it. You know. We were surrounding these things that we love, but, you know, we're just going to see a different point of view for this one episode. Good point. And there have been Dr. Light and Companion Light stories since then, uh, notably Blink, right? But yeah. um, this was the first one. So it, this was an experiment. And I, uh, I I think what it did was it showed the showrunners and the audience that, that, it, that it can work. A story that's all about the doctor, and he's almost not in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's really going to work for Blink. Uh, so let me yeah. ask you guys a question. And, and you you both just fell right into my next point, which was I was going to reference Blink. And specifically, Clarence, you've made reference before to liking the Weeping Angels. And, you know, that was Blink, the first appearance of the Weeping Angels. Blink is always revered. People talk about Blink as this is the jumping on point. You can watch Blink and not need to know all the other things and appreciate Doctor Who. What do you guys think? And uh, Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. What do you guys think that made Blink in the general fandom so loved? 
whereas often Love and Monsters comes across mm-hmm. as this is what you don't need to watch. You know, warn people, hmm. don't watch that first. I think maybe number one is the the um the enemy in blank, um, the weeping angels. They're so appealing and just them as a concept of an enemy, you know, you can't look at them. Or when you look away, they're gonna get you, you know. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is scary unto itself. And I think Blink plays with time a little bit more than this episode does. So maybe those two core aspects allow it to be more enduring. Um, I don't know. Good, good point. Mm-hmm. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I, those, those are my theories too, is that it is just, it is a good old fashioned thriller. Um, Carrie Mulligan, I think, is just very compelling. So we really get wrapped up with her as, uh, Sally Sparrow. But, um, but uh, I, I, the thing that I always like about Blink is the very thoughtful way that it plays around with time. The the Weeping Angels, as originally conceived, they they take you back into the past and let you live out your normal lifespan. And and they, what they're feeding on is the displacement energy that happens when you're moved out of your time. As the doctor says, then they let you live to death. Um, <laughs> and and then there's also the whole mad thing about the the DVDs. And um, the doctor, his mysterious message turns out to actually be him responding to <laughs> yep. well, the notes that Sally Sparrow writes. It just, just that's that's brilliant. I just think it's yeah. brilliant. Um, so and actually, so Blink has all that going for it. And actually, Lee, I'm going to time correct you. I think it wasn't DVDs. I think it was still VHS. <laughs> Was it? I think so. Uh, I almost said that. I thought, nah. We will find out probably, uh, you know, not too far from now, maybe a few months or by the end of the year, but (laughs) we will will find out. Uh, You know, I think, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, speaking of, you know, DVDs and Blink or or VHS, that's another thing about this episode that kind of jumped out at me was the technology. I guess he was just using a video camera. He he said that he got a camera <laughs> in, yeah. in the episode. And I just thought, like, if this was done today, that would be, like, all over YouTube instead of, like, him just recording on a camera for himself. So even though they very much presented it like a vlog, like YouTube, mm-hmm. it was yeah, it, it's very siloed, so to speak. That's true, yeah. Yeah, th- there's no sense that everybody in the world has seen the uh, – uh, Elton's video. Yeah. Hmm. So what did you guys think of the Linda lot as the fifth doctor called them in that Christmas, uh, children in need, that Linda lot or oh, you're a fan. Yeah. 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 So what did, what did you guys think of Linda as the group itself? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was busy looking at blink. Uh, they're deep. I, I, I really, that's, I think that's one of the things that grabbed me this time or that I was reminded of that I had liked before is that the, they all seem like such lost souls. Yeah. And, and, and Elton's heartbreaking story is about how, how they find each other yes. and everything's okay until this guy shows up. <sighs> and, and, and that's so it's already a tragedy. It's already a tragic story. And yeah. then one by one, they start to disappear. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, you, you, you don't see them happier. And Elton refers to this too. When he thinks about that happy time, what he thinks about them is them singing, uh, ELO songs together as their little band. <laughs> and it's not that they were any good. That, that just wasn't the point. The point was them being joyful together. There's people who don't seem to belong anywhere else. It's just, 
Yeah, I, I, I love Linda. Mm. New- Interesting, Clarence. Linda with an I. Linda with an I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of those same sentiments. Um, these guys are sort of outcasts in a way, and they find this joy amongst each other. And and really, you know, it's it's to the doctor's credit that that's what brings them together. You know, they they come together for this one purpose, but they find joy and camaraderie, and they form a band and all this stuff in the name of um, initially of of uh, tracking down the doctor or finding out more about the doctor. But it turns and flourishes into something else, and it looks like the point they're at their happiest is when they even forget why they're there. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is beautiful. They start meeting to hear Mr. Skinner read his read his book as he's working yeah. on it. Yeah, Bridget cooking. Bridget's uh, cooking. Yeah, and what's, what's uh, bless bliss? <laughs> yeah, bless bliss. Bliss's weird sculpture. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So here's here's my thing, and and let's take the outcast part of it out of it for a minute. But I actually found myself at the beginning laughing while I was watching this and not at the story in the least, but I started drawing some comparisons and again, take the outcast part of it out, but here are these group of people and they get together on a regular basis and they search the net and they search the, uh, you know, surroundings and papers and what forth or what so and whatever trying to find tidbits of information about the doctor. And then they come together and they talk about it and they enjoy the camaraderie (laughs) of each other and they become friends and they get to know each other. Yeah. So how many of us, they're obviously nuts. Yeah. (laughs) But, but really and truly, you know, I had never, thought of that and that's where i go back to saying what i said at the beginning maybe we need more experiences maybe we need well we're kind of linda in a way exactly oh no what 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 is linda doing but discussing who exactly (laughs) i mean we are the london investigation detective agency there you go (laughs) Uh, see if if uh if we we only should have all lived in louisiana (laughs) <laughs> then we could have literally been Linda. Oh, <laughs> so, huh. so anyway, I've been I've been waiting like since last <laughs> night. I purposely w- tried to avoid chatting with both of you today because I was like, oh, I so want to talk about. I mean, mention this, but yeah, that that was that was my favorite part. Whenever that light bulb came on to me. Yeah, and I would imagine at the time this episode came out, the fan craze was not nearly as um, prominent as it is nowadays. So, I mean, it was different. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but to throw that same concept of these four people seeking out the doctor in today's time where people, like you said, Cal, people are scouring the Internet, you know, looking for every juicy morsel tidbit they can find. Uh, It's definitely uh, a... uh, makes sense. Yep. And we all have our, our individual stories about how he's, uh, he's touched us as, as people. Yes. So there you go. And, you know, I often are not often, but I also wrote, uh, you know, I, I wrote down, uh, one of the things that Elton said, and he said something to the effect of, you know, this is not the first time that, um, I'm, you know, I saw the doctor and that is what, Popped in, made it pop into my head 
the comparison because I think I said recently about Colin Baker appearing uh, at different cons and somebody said, oh, well, he's saying so much in the States. And I was like, oh, yeah, third time's a charm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've met the doctor or seen the doctor three times or whatever. (laughs) So let's talk about another member of the Linda Lott, um, Victor Kennedy. So I said I had things to make fun of. Victor Kennedy. So let me take this one first. This is where the story went off rails to me. This is where I actually started disliking the story was with Victor Kennedy. I did not find him it the least believable. I think he looked, he sounded, he acted fake from the first moment yeah. that he appeared. I mean, seriously, but he is fake. I know, but, <laughs> but, but he, but, 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 but you had these other people who felt real. And then you had this person that was, Creepy and cartoony, and he looked fake. He looked made up. He looked like he was wearing this horrible disguise. And that was where it went from lighthearted to farcical to me. Hmm. And I'm curious to know what you guys think. Yeah, that that has never bothered me. Um, But, you know, I I think that if you uh, put on a pair of glasses and comb your hair different, people won't recognize you. Um, (laughs) Clark Kent. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, that that, that doesn't. He, he's outlandish, you know. But and I think that they're, they're somehow sort of drawn to that. That his grand manner makes them feel like they should be paying attention to him, and and so I, I think that works. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Claire, but, but I, I like the suggestion that you can sort of see through his disguise. You know, it's I, I think of uh, Auton Mickey and how long uh, Rose sat there talking to him, not realizing that he's yeah, made of plastic. True. Uh, I mean, yeah. this is this is <laughs> Doctor Who is a world in which <laughs> that can happen. So, hmm. All right, what do you think, Clarence? Uh, I will say he definitely came and sucked all the fun and joy out of the group. That's that's a pretty much definite. But also, I think I, I'll kind of compare this to let's let's think of the startup, the the internet team, whatever whatever they're starting up. You know, they start off with a bunch of young guys. They have this product. They think they can make make a go at it. And they, they don't have any real management. They're just having fun. You know, we're going to create our product. We F business strategy. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but but then at some point, at some point, they have to get the, the lawyers in. They have to get the guy to come in and really run the con- company. And, you know, at that point, the culture tra- kind of changes. And that's kind of how I saw Mr. Victor Kennedy. He just came in and said, OK, we're getting serious, guys. You know, even though cartoony as he was, uh, he kind of made them get serious. And it went from being fun to being a job, you know, and also that kind of related that to what we do. You know, we do it because we do it for fun. But if we really got serious and we had to do it full time, would it be fun anymore? <laughs> yeah, if we had to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he kind of made a job for, for them. So change the tone. Yeah. So good, 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 good analogy. The, the thing that gets me is yes, you know, if we did this full time, there would be times probably that it wouldn't be as fun because we would be doing it, you know, full time all the time and there's aspects of everything from behind the scenes financials etc and so forth yeah. it probably wouldn't be fun i get that but i think 
you know, I looked up uh, Peter Kay, who is the gentleman who portrayed him, and just the picture that I saw on Wikipedia, he doesn't have the white hair. He doesn't have the fake, you know, m- mustache. And maybe if they would have presented him that way, he would have looked a little more believable. I just think he, from the beginning, just looked so over the top that I that was what I had a problem with. Yeah. And, and of course, we're going to get to it by the end of this review of maybe why they're so cartoony, because they relate to another villain that, you know, <laughs> you thought the same of. Right. Ah, good point. Good point. And and, and one other uh, comment that I would make on that is when they were walking away from the building that they were every single time after Peter K or the the Kennedy character showed up. You hear the person that has to stay behind screaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Nobody my else goodness, hears. right. Can you not hear that? Yeah. So let's talk about how he just kind of killed them off one by one. Would if we put ourselves in the, their shoes, would we have been so susceptible? I wonder. Um, I think these characters that we have, um, uh, the, you can even tell from their interactions, they were pretty much optimists. They, they looked at the, the glass, uh, half full, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would think. So very they were kind of, yeah, they were kind of oblivious to what was going on, even though immediately we were like, this dude is a creep. Um, it seemed like they were very trusting, like Lee said, and, and very, um, you know, upbeat and, and not really concerned about, about, you know, your friends getting eaten when you turn your back. So good point. Good point. And, and all it takes is a touch. Once, once we finally saw how the process works, all he had to do was touch them. Yeah. So that's so what that eczema not, will do. Exactly. <laughs> but it's eczema. No, it's eczema. This is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. So, you know, let's just go ahead and kind of go to, you know, to the end. We see that Victor Kennedy is foiled by none other than Rose and the doctor. But by going to the end, I want to go back to something that was one of my favorite parts. We see Jackie Tyler again, and yes. I had completely yes. forgot to totally that she was in this. And she's she's pivotal to this. She's yes. so important to this story. Yes. yes. Yeah, I had forgotten about it, too. And, and I, I, I felt kind of ashamed of myself because, for one thing, it's not only a real important aspect of the character and brings us back to this thing that I was just saying, you know, like a couple episodes of this show ago, that New Who takes seriously this thing about what happens to the people the oh. doctor leaves behind. And, and Jackie is there as the living proof. It drives you kind of nuts. And, yeah. and she has to get a hold of herself and sort of say, no, this is just this is just because I miss my daughter so much. And I have no idea when when or where she is. And Camille Corduri is fantastic yes. in this episode. Yes. I just. So, yeah, I'm so glad you brought it up. Yes. Okay, so, Clarence, what do you think? Because I, th- I, I keep feeling that you really like this aspect of having her in it. Yeah, I mean, Jackie, like Lee said, she was freaking fantastic in this episode. Even just for the moments where she's interacting with Elton, I thought her are just, um, you know, it, it, it adds some gravity to Rose being off galvanting about, about the universe. And, and it seems like Jackie always gets these hard, uh, heartfelt moments that just, 
makes you think her life sucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just, man, I was, I was hurting watching her go through mm-hmm. this. And then she mentions, Oh, I used to have Mickey to do this for me. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and yeah. well, to, he's gone. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you have Elton coming in to put the moves on her, um, which he doesn't have to do much because, you know, Jackie, um, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Jackie. Yeah. In fact, it takes him a hilariously long time to even figure out what's happening, which I, I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, just her in this episode, she was just, she made the episode to me. I mean, although I like the other stuff, having her in it, even though, you know, Dr. Light, having her in, I guess, kind of uh, rooted us in more doctor than we probably normally get in the Dr. Light episode. So, I mean, agreed. It, it felt it felt good. Agreed. So here were here were my notes. I wrote down at the beginning uh, as I was first saw her, I, I, I wrote poor Jackie. Always looking for a man. And I was meaning that, you know, kind of making fun because the first time you see her, she's doing what she did to the ninth doctor is, you know, I'm in my nightgown or, or whatever, because she even at some point says, my daughter won't be coming home tonight. Give a hint. Don't you mean poor Elton, uh, deer in headlights? (laughs) True, true. Good, 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 good. good, No clue. Good point, good point. But, but, but more so as in, you know, um, you know, that was just typical her. She was looking for a man. And, and the more I watched it, I'm, I saw it. Yeah. I mean, you know, she has needs. I get that. Whoop de doo. But the other part of it was, by the end of it, I was writing poor Jackie and didn't realize I'd written poor Jackie before, meaning poor Jackie, that scene of her sitting there after she's gotten the call from Rose and, uh, and that she totally has done the 180. You see that pain of the person left yes. behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, she made the episode for me. I agree. I agree with what you guys said. So speaking of Rose and the doctor, you know, we see the doctor and Rose appear right at the end after, you know, Elton is about to be consumed like the rest of them. And Rose isn't having any of the fact that she thinks that Elton has disrespected her mom. What did you guys think of their showing up at that moment? I mean, obviously, he's got to come and save the day. I get that. But what did you guys think? I really remembered that intervention is happening because the doctor comes to save Elton. That's not why they show up at all. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they've come to, to kick Elton's ass. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have to pivot, you know, just because the absorbal off is what he is. But um, yeah, that's not what motivates them to show up. So it's a good thing for him, but uh, for Elton, but um yeah, I, I love that. I love that that's, they didn't come to save him. That's just, and it rings very true. You know, you can really imagine the conversation, the TARDIS where, you know, where, where Rose says, let's, I, I got to talk to this guy. No, just take me to where he is. I, Cause I, I, I have a few things to say to Mr. Elton. Elton. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about what Victor Kennedy actually was for a moment. An absorbalot. Absorbalof. Yes. Yes. You know, I always joked and said, this being, this creature looked like it was created by a kid. Mm-hmm. By a nine-year-old. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you want to elaborate on that? Well, I, I've seen um, 
His name is William Grantham, and I've seen his drawing that won the Blue Peter contest. Um, and it really doesn't look like this, but what they kept was the idea of the Absorbaloff, which is, you know, if, if the contest, if the challenge was create a monster for Doctor Who and we'll, we'll actually, you know, build it, and it may even be in the episode, you know. Um, uh, Russell T. Davies liked that whole idea enough that he said, you know what, we are going to do an episode that has this, uh, this in it. And, uh, uh, young William Grantham got to, got to see it, um, being shot. But, uh, it's just the idea of, uh, of a monster that, um, that, uh, that feeds on humans and in the process draws them into himself in a horrible way so that they're still for a while alive and aware of what's happening to them. Yeah. Yeah. William Grantham is, I guess he'd be like, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's in his twenties now. I, I wonder if he, uh, if he, <laughs> if, if he's gotten the proper psychiatric care that he <laughs> go with that. Very good. Very interesting question. <laughs> no, really, seriously, cheers for his creativity. You know, I'm glad that he, that he won, but it doesn't mean that, that this has to be one of our favorite, uh, uh, creations of, uh, of the whole series. There, there've been other NAF monsters over the years. I mean, let's be honest. So certainly. Yes. Um, and it doesn't go toward his creation. It goes toward how his creation was presented to be brutally yeah, honest. That's true. And, um, it, so does it make it better or worse to relate him to the, uh, the Slovene or, uh, <laughs> or does it, <laughs> what do you think? Does that, <laughs> does that help to take some of the sting out of it or does it just make it worse? Yeah, I, uh, I think it works. I think it works because they're, uh, did, did the Slovene absorb, if I remember correctly? Mm. No, they, they did not. They did not. <gasps> but, they, no, they, they, they may have, Clarence. Well, they've got it. They, something had to have happened to your innards, for lack of a better <laughs> isn't, term. Isn't that interesting? That I never thought about that. They took their skin, but we hit, we don't see what happens to the rest of them. So yeah, yeah. I guess so. Mm. They could have. Yeah, but but beyond that, I think the comparison was was very apt because we got that scene at. Well, no, that was a different monster though. I'm thinking of the Scooby Doo scene we got at the beginning of the episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> Well, we did get a Scooby Doo scene in, in, in this in episode. Very literally, very. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I just thought he was very fast, and I thought it was an interesting concept to still see their face on the body. Um, I don't know if we've seen that before. I thought that was a pretty interesting oh. concept, and still having them talk and interact, even though they're absorbed. So, I like that aspect of it because it added another layer of uh, interaction, even though <laughs> they were for all intents and purposes gone already. Um, you know, uh, hoping you're not, you don't get on the butt section of your face. <laughs> bless, bless. Yeah, bless, bless. bless. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting concept, even though, uh, it was very cartoony. Um, but you know, there are other people from the twin planet, which I will not dare say, um, were also very cartoony. So yeah, I, I can't remember. Lee, you may can tell us what is that other twin planet of Clum? Oh, I was going to say Clum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was you like mean, some big word. You, I don't know. Like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? No, not quite. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Raxcor Copalopatorius. Cool. I knew you wanted to say it. <laughs> I, I appreciate you indulging me in that. <laughs> it's just fun hearing somebody actually know how to say it. I saw for a while in, in the fandom, you know, uh, that somebody was making a, a, uh, uh, a T-shirt that had a sort of a university, you know, bogus university seal on it, and it said "University of Rexacorcophallopatorius," <laughs> which I thought was funny. But I thought, 
who would want to wear that <laughs> anyway? <laughs> so speaking of faces uh, on something, mm-hmm. what do we think of the ending where we hear Ursula's voice and we realize that Ursula is now in a slab of concrete? Well, and the reveal is beautiful because first we hear her voice off and we don't know where it's coming from. And because we're flashing back and forth as Elton tells the story, then we go to the doctor apparently being able to save somebody. So we don't yet know if he's not going to just pull her up, you know, all five feet of her out of the right out of the pavement. And and, uh, you since you've skipped this completely and asking questions, you must feel differently about Shirley Henderson than I do, (laughs) because I've always crushed on this actress as uh, Ursula. Okay, so tell me, what was that? I I just I just love her and everything she's done. She's she is one of the hardest working actresses in Britain. Uh, She's she's Scottish. I guess I first became aware of her as Moaning Myrtle, who lives in the toilet in the the Harry Potter movies, but then ah. started noticing I was hearing that charming little voice of hers all over the place, and and we, she's in all the Bridget Jones movies, and oh, she's she is she is in absolutely everything, and um, yeah, I just I just love her, I just love everything she does. So really, uh, my understanding was at the time they thought it was the the big coup of this episode was getting Peter Kay, the comedian, to play Victor Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, looking back on it now, the big deal is this episode stars has Shirley Henderson in it. it it's like um, Blink, you know. That that's 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 Carrie Mulligan. Holy smoke, you know. Um, so I just love her, and and uh, uh, Elton is as slow on the uptake with her as he is with Jackie. She she obviously adores yes. him, and yeah. he just doesn't get it until she finally leaps to his defense she is ready to cut victor down when victor physically threatens elton and it's like the coin finally drops for elton thank you <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and then and then tentatively asks her if maybe she'd like to go get a bite to eat or something together <laughs> and the audience were going yes you moron <laughs> yes i think she's gonna say yeah so yeah we don't want them to be parted and you know that's what changes rose's mind and instead of breaking his jaw she she goes over and puts her arm around him and you know looks up to the doctor with those big eyes of hers like can't you do something and he of course does and he does it's um and i think it's it's this may be the point at which a lot of people um if they like the episode so far turn on it because (laughs) elton being happy with a girlfriend who's a a slab of uh, asphalt is uh hey interesting Maybe that's divisive. Maybe yeah. that's the point at which it splits people. Because I think I had trouble with it before, but this time I thought he says that I, I don't think this is the exact line, but Elton says, I don't care what anybody says. I love her. Yeah. And I thought, good. Good for you. <laughs> okay. And they and, and they have a relationship, but she says she won't <laughs> yes. go into that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's the point at which people yeah. <laughs> turn on the episode. Yeah, because yeah, wow, it, it doesn't lead much to, to the imagination. There. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Just, I think this episode was sad on so many levels. We talked about yes. Jackie and, and again, the Elton uh, Ursula relationship, just sad. And, and not not to mention what happens to the Linda crew. Uh, very sad, as well as you get to the very end where um, we found out why he knows the doctor which again, just a lot of sadness in this episode. Um, a lot of heartfelt, uh, themes going on here. And, and, 
and man, to, we get to see where the doctor fails. And I think he kind of semi fails twice. I guess he, he brings Ursula back to a certain point, but even as a young kid in Elton's life, the, the shadow got his mother. So, you know, we, we, we're used to seeing the doctor and that might be why people don't like the episode because we see the doctor pretty much just fail in this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe so. It it doesn't. He he isn't the hero of this story. Um, See, now I do agree in the failing per se of the mother, but I saw more so as, and I don't know what quote it was from the twelfth Doctor, but it but there was some quote that that the Doctor, you know, the Doctor, the twelfth Doctor specifically gave, and I'm thinking Clara, but it could have been. you know, it could have been Pearl Mackey's bill, but he said something about, you know, I do what I can. I can't do everything. And that or to some degree, I'm paraphrasing there. But what I saw was the doctor did the best with what he could. Oh, oh, it's my favorite speech from uh, from the doctor falls. Yeah. Yeah. He said, maybe it's not much, but it's the best I can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can still hear Peter Cabaldi's voice saying it's the best I can do. Be kind, yes. Yeah. Because it's kind. Yeah. Because, yeah. I love that speech so much. Yeah, but, but have, have Moffat had done this episode, uh, I think they all would have came back. That's just me. Oh, yeah. I, I believe you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it's, it's Ursula who saves the day, really. I mean, she's the one who is now enough of a part of Victor that she knows that it's the cane that's uh, holding them all into that that form and if it's yeah. destroyed then they'll all they'll all die and she says do it get it that's the only way to get us out of this just do so, it yeah she's um, a smart one she yeah so there's something that i want to mention about this episode that i had no idea of that i think that is really unique about this episode and i I wanted to wait till the end to see if either of you mentioned it when, and you haven't. So I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Interestingly about this episode, we refer to series one, the, or the RTD era, which is, you know, series one, two, three, and four. We mentioned bad wolf. So, Forgot you know, about that aspect of it too. You're right. Yeah. So we talk yeah. about the bad wolf virus. Mm-hmm. Yep. We also mentioned series two, Torchwood. Mm-hmm. Which is an underlying arc in series two. What I did not know is number three and number four here. We make a first reference to Saxon surging in the polls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on Victor's, it's on Victor's newspaper. Yes. Yeah. And I had no idea that that was hinted back in series two. So brand new revelation to me from, you know, reviewing this, I had no clue that it was mentioned in series two. So that is so cool. So Saxon was surging in the polls and also the mention of Clum, which was the planet we were talking about, which was also one of the planets that goes missing in series four. Yeah. So, which, which is easy enough to do, but yeah, just kind of cool that all four, yeah. you know, something from all four of the RTD era was mentioned in this particular episode. So he had a master plan. At least it makes it look that it way. It does make it look that way. So, yeah, and I, I apologize for interrupting you earlier because I, I really thought you were going in a different direction with that. The thing about this episode that I'd forgotten about was that we saw the Autons come to life. 
Yeah. Um, and we saw the, the, the spaceship from, uh, um, the Alien Christmas Alien. invasion and what, what else? Aliens uh, London and the Christmas invasion. Ah, yes. Right. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. The one that hits big Ben. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so Elton's an eyewitness of all those things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, you yeah. But it, it's great fun. I mean, and, and of course they just reuse the shot of the Slovene ship hitting the, hitting big Ben, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great to call that back again. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, pigs in space is what I was thinking. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was just in London and, and Big Ben is covered with scaffolding. So apparently they're still, they're still. <laughs> mm. Just saying. Mm. So, so, so Sladeen have, not, I'm not going to go there. So, um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to go there. Um, so guys, I'm curious, is there anything, you know, we've talked about, uh, the bad guy. We've talked about the good guys. We've talked about the lend a lot. Is there anything that you guys have m- wanted to talk about that we've not hit on yet? <laughs> I have one quote. I'll, 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 I'll reiterate right here. Well, I'll talk about right here. Um, okay. They make the point that Elton achieved the spy steps. <laughs> so Skinner says, how did you manage it? And then Elton says, it was, it was very hard work. She keeps things close to her chest, to which Ursula says, that's one hell of a chest. Yes, yes. That's one, a one hell of a chest. Okay. Yes. I was rolling when that happened. Uh, that was hilarious. But anyway. And I'm a child. There you go. No, 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 that's <laughs> it's a, it's supposed to be a funny line and you're supposed to laugh. It's you know, the look on her face when she says it is priceless. <laughs> it's just like, what hope do I have? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh boy. I love Shirley Henderson. <laughs> uh, so what about you, Lee? Do you have anything else that you can think of? No, no. I, I think we, I think we've covered all the points. Uh, I, I guess unless we want to just talk about. Elton himself a little bit. He's, I, I think I'd forgotten how, how charming and sincere he is. And, and since he's our narrator, that's, that's real important. If, if we didn't like him or we didn't care about him, then none of this would come yeah. even close to hanging together. But I, I'm, I'm really, I'm on his side from the beginning. I, I want him to be okay. And, okay. Um, you know, well, well, here's, here, here's the thing about Elton that I found interesting this, this time watching. The first time watching it, the whole dancing, you know, in the background and whatever, I remember being irritated by that when I watched uh-huh. it. I was like, okay, this is getting on my nerves. Literally, I can remember that. This time though, it didn't irritate me. At, oh. and, and, and again, I go back to what I said at the beginning. Maybe it's life experience or something, but, but it didn't irritate me. I found him much more endearing and much more likable. Hmm. And yeah. you gained an appreciation for the ELO. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. I think we kind of needed it too, because there's so many bad things that happened in this episode and the music, uh, him dancing and them as a band kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the song that, that keeps being repeated is Mr. Blue Sky, too, which is, yeah, you can't get more positive than Mr. Blue Sky. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, mm. Good that's Mark Warren, by the way, who has since this time become another of the hardest working actors in Britain. He, like, like uh, Shirley Henderson, he is in everything. So kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, maybe, maybe this is the one that got him his start. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. I remember where I sh- saw Shirley Henderson at. Uh, there's a movie called Urban Hymn, and she's in it. And also Letitia Wright, who plays Shiri in the Black Panther movie, are oh. in the movie together. So ah. that's, that's, that's where I remember from. Yeah. It was somewhere. That's that's been fairly recently, too. And we also know that Letitia Wright has also been in Doctor Who herself. So indeed, indeed, indeed. indeed. All right, so guys, do we think we're ready to give our ratings? Yeah, I think so. All right, so since Clarence, since you were the first person to speak up, for how would you rate it? What What are your final thoughts? <sighs> I think I'm gonna say a four point two. Um, I enjoyed it. I had fun. And that's what an episode is supposed to do. Um, it was a little dark. You know, I, I felt with the all the deaths and people, you know, not surviving. But but I think I had a good time. I enjoyed it. And again, like for the small amount of time that we saw the doctor and Rose on screen, I think um, Camille Godori just was fantastic as well as the rest of the cast. I, I really enjoyed the episode. OK, uh, Lee, what say ye? I'm going to uh, astound the Whovian world by giving it 4.5. Um, there's just so much, I think, to genuinely love about this, particularly this this uh, excellent cast and and uh, and especially the Jackie, the whole Jackie sub story uh, going on in here. Um, but I guess like most people, you just get to that last moment and you think, you know, usually on Doctor Who, there's an explanation for things that is somehow credible <laughs> in the scientific world. But if she's a face on a slab of asphalt, how does what's keeping her alive? Is her where where, where is her brain? Do you, how, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, is she going to be like that forever? Is she going to outlive the face of Bo? What, how, ah. you, know, you don't, huh. yeah, you know. So it just makes you go, oh, come on. Yeah. And that's, and that's too bad. It is sweet though that he loves her. <laughs> he can take her wherever he goes. That's it. She's the, she's perfectly portable. Yeah. Yeah. He can travel the world like that. Yeah. Anyway, but I still, I love the rest of it enough that I still got to say 4.5. What say ye, Kyle Jones? All right. So. I'm going to say because of the inclusion of Jackie Tyler and because I appreciated it differently than I did before and because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, Mm. I'm going to, and Clarence is going to laugh at me with this one, I'm going to give it a 4.34, 4.2, 4.34, 4.5. So there we go. I see. Mm. Oh, yeah. Three, four, five. So, yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I just can't say anything bad except um the you know victor kennedy which again i don't blame the actor for i just and 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 if i want to be really 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 gracious i'm looking at it as they were filming the two-parter that we just reviewed at the same time they were filming this and we knew we had dr light for this and we also had a character that was created by someone who won a competition so it wasn't a character created by russell t davis no offense to the character that was created but having said that i think they did the best with what they had and i had fun watching it so there you go so that's the the notorious worst episode of the david Tennant era so now we are free and clear we're 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 out of the valley of the shadow of death, and now it's all 
uphill from here. Yeah. So, you know, we can sleep well until we can <laughs> sleep no more. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just talking about fear her, which is our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I think has even more of a reputation of being the one that everybody hates, even more than love and monsters. So, Eesh. Um, Eesh. yeah. No, when I, when I hear people say, you know, I, I love Doctor Who, I mean, you know, there's always going to be something like fear her, but, you know, for the most part, I, you know, it's okay. the Spock's brain of Doctor Who. Well, let me say this, and I will say this again in a couple of years when we get to uh, the 12th Doctor's ninth season <laughs> by then or whatever. But, uh, yeah, when we get up there to fear her, I will say it again. Not fear her, excuse me. Sleep no Sleep more. Sleep no more. I hated it when I watched it, and I am sure that I will probably, may eat my words, hate it again well, when we watch it again. So, there you go. Or say never. Yeah. But here's one thing I do know. So, Mr. Shackelford, if you had something that you are working on or have worked on that you would like to point anyone listening to, what might that be? I will, as always, point people towards uh, the website for our radio drama serial Relativity. And that is RelativityPodcast.com. Dot com. Mr. Brown, what say ye? Uh, if you're into tech, um, technology news, etc., uh, I will direct you to, to go to TechPedition.com, where you can hear me and my brother talk about tech. There you go. Good deal. Good deal. Well, for anyone listening that was listening at the beginning where we were talking about different variations of different topics from comic books to Star Trek to, of course, Doctor Who, visit us at thediscussingnetwork.com and that will link you to all of our shows. So, yeah, that's it. And gentlemen, this has been fun. So for everyone listening, we appreciate having you listen with us and talk about love and monsters. Did you like it? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know and we will send or play your feedback. So send us some feedback and we will play it on an upcoming show. You can record a voice clip and send that to us. So just send that or send us an email to host at discussingnetwork.com. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. 
So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?